I'm Cameron Harold, the founder of the Second in Command podcast. Really quick, before we jump into today's episode, you need to know about two important ways that we can help you and your company grow. Number one, check out the COO Alliance. It's for COOs, presidents, VP ops, or whoever is your company's second in command to the CEO. The COO Alliance is the world's leading community for the second in command, and it gives COOs the tools and connections to grow themselves and the company. Head over to COOalliance.com to learn more about our members and the results, the program, and our 10x guarantee. If you qualify for membership, you can set up a complimentary call with our team to discuss if it's right for you. I'll tell you about number two in a bit, but first, let's start this week's episode. The advice I would give my 22-year-old self would really be to seek the advice and the help of others more. Ask questions to people that are coaches, mentors, specialists, topical experts, even talking to like customers or just passionate individuals. Like I said, especially in areas where I, I lack information, because that will give you a lot of perspective on just the things that you don't know or you don't see yet. And that will really tremendously increase potential success and, and simplify the road to success. Welcome to the Second in Command podcast, produced by the COO Alliance and brought to you by its founder, Cameron Harold. In the Second in Command podcast, we talk to top COOs who share the insights, strategies, and tactics that made them the chief behind the chief. And now, here's your host, Cameron Harold. Well, you're in for a treat today. We just had a great guest on our podcast. You're going to get to listen to and watch on our Second in Command podcast YouTube channel as well. Johan Stoop is the COO for Pause Breathwork. I've been friends with the CEO and founder of Pause Breathwork for about 14 years now and watched Samantha Skelly really scale up the business. But in the last two and a half, three years, Johan Stoop has been there as her COO, really helping to double the size of the organization, create more profitability and more margin in the operation. He's going to talk about breathwork and how we can bring it into our daily lives and to our businesses, how they're running a remote organization with a truly global reach, and how they're actually scaling this organization through kind of a lot of stuff around mindset and leadership. I think you'll love the opportunity to learn from Johan and even learn a little bit more about breathwork, but also learn some of the best practices into growing a best brand like this as well. We'll see you on the inside and please share this episode too. So, Johan, welcome to the Second in Command podcast. Thank you, Cameron. Thank you for having me. It's really a great pleasure to be a guest and you know, also be part of your amazing community at CO Alliance. Yeah, it's wonderful having you as a CO Alliance member. I'm also super excited to get to learn about you and to learn about Pause Breathwork. I first met your CEO, Sam Skelly, oh, probably 10, 12 years ago in Vancouver, Canada, where we were both living at the time. And I've been been able to kind of watch her career and watch this business grow up. And then I've also been able to experience some of her, her workshops. I was at a pause session that she did for Archangel Academy about a year ago. And, um, and over the years, again, just have, having been around her. So I'm super intrigued to find out who you are, who's the guy that she's gotten, you know, by her side, running her company for her and being able to learn from you and learn about pause. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the company and we'll we'll kind of start there and then we'll go backwards into learning about you as well. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. Sam is amazing. Um, and so Pause Breathwork really is a is a, a company that is focused around well, the name kind of already says is right, is breathwork. For those of you listening that don't know what breathwork is and what it can do for you, obviously we have an app where you could totally check that out. 
And our mission with Pause is really to unlock your infinite potential as a human being through using the power of breathwork, right? So we offer trainings uh, for someone to become a breathwork facilitator, which was, you know, as a person will allow you to safely guide individuals or groups online or offline through the practice of, uh, of breathwork. And the idea of that is that you can, you know, add it to your existing coaching business, you can turn it into your own business, uh, or really you could use it as a mental health and wellness tool for, you know, for inside your current company or organization. And so the company itself started about seven years ago with by, you know, Samantha Skelly. She was running a, a coaching practice um, before this. And uh, Pause was introduced in around 2019 as an extension to Hungry for Happiness. Uh, which is, um, as I mentioned, Sam's coaching part, where she really focused on body image coaching. So it's a very female-oriented body image coaching. And she kind of saw an opportunity in some of the learnings and teaching that she had had. And this is a story on its own, right? It's it's a like a divine intervention on the highway. I think it was actually driving from Vancouver back to her parents or something along those lines. And she got this divine intervention of, hey, this breathwork thing, we should do something with that, right? So she saw the opportunity, uh, started that company in, in 2019 as kind of a, uh, uh, a sub-company underneath uh, Hungry for Happiness and and really started from, from the ground up. And so with Pause, we, we really offer uh, two key programs. One is that breathwork facilitator program. The other is more focused around somatic coaching. The idea of breathwork is that you really get out of your head because you, when you do meditation, like you, you tend to like get all sorts of thoughts, right? But breathwork gets you out of your head and into your body, which is actually where most of the emotions, stress, anxiety, everything else is like bottled up over time, right? And by being able to do that, it's actually kind of, we call it meditation on steroids. And that alone is like such a captivating concept that we basically want to bring that out in the world because we know what it can do for people that are stuck in your head and are basically numb to what they are and what they should be feeling as, you know, as, as a natural human being. And so um, we have those two programs. We also have an app, as I mentioned, uh, it's iOS only for now, but we're building out Android. We're going to launch that early next year. And we are fully remote as a company, right? We're, we have staff uh, located all over the world, but we mainly focus on the U.S. and, and Canada when it comes to uh, the, the the people that we target. We currently have over like 1,500 alumni in the past uh, four years that we've been uh, running Pause Breathwork. And yeah, and maybe something interesting is that we've doubled revenue year over year for those years as well, which is a good indication of you know the the state of the company and where we're going, where we're growing with this, because really the the mission is where the impact is. And so I, I'm going to ask you about where you're going and what the impact of the business is. Sam's, I think, was really in pause. It feels like it was really the first in this industry. I mean, I know breathwork has been around for thousands of years when you go back into like different groups and different indigenous groups, but kind of making it into a a business and certifying people. I remember when she told me she was going into breathwork I kind of laughed. Like, I don't, it just seemed like such a silly thing. I was like, Sam, like, you're going to teach people how to breathe. Like, we're pretty fucking good at it. We're all breathing. Like, what are you talking about? I had no idea what she was talking about. 
And I think she really was into this at a very early stage. Is that accurate? She was. She was. She actually found breathwork in Bali, I think, in 20, around that 2010, 2012 range. So she was exposed to it very early. Back then, it was kind of more of a, you know, a hippie lifestyle, kind of new age kind of thing. Um, but, and you'd be surprised. I mean, I know you've tried it. The moment you try it, you, you trans, you, it, something happens in your body, like physically that you feel. And just that, if, if we're able to bring that to, uh, the people that can bring that to the masses, I mean, she was, yeah, she was enlightened in that sense because everybody thinks, oh, breathwork is, isn't it just breathing? But no, it's like very conscious breathing and very, doing specific things to get specific outcomes as well, right? You have breathwork to release anxiety. You have breathwork to get more clarity, be able to prepare you for, uh, you know, where you need to focus or before you go on stage or just to release like stuck emotions that are, that are there in your body. So there's a whole range, even for going, you know, before you go to sleep, <laughs> making sure you have a good night rest. So there, there's a whole range of that. And, and I think Sam saw that uh, as one of the, earlier yeah earlier person were really turning that into a business there are a couple of others but they have a slightly different uh angle uh but sam really is a is a pioneer in that sense and uh, she's gonna hate me for saying this but i think she's kind of the, the breathwork queen around here yeah she's solid for sure i'd like you to make a quick side note for me and um find me someone in the boston area who is certified by pause uh, we're holding an event for the COO Alliance in Boston at an MIT offsite called Endicott House. And I'd love to bring in one of your pause breathwork people to lead a session because I've done therapeutic breathwork at about three or four of our past COO Alliance events, but I don't have anyone as a facilitator in Boston. So if I can get a pause certified person, that would be great. Absolutely. That's uh, all up our alley. Yeah. If you can introduce me, that would be amazing. So what was it that you saw in joining this business and in joining Sam? What was it that saw you like that, that kind of grabbed you to get involved? Why I got to pause was really for two reasons. One was a very personal motivation. And I might get into that a little bit more, but I was working in corporate for roughly 10 years. And I really felt, especially with the pandemic, right, that unlocked kind of the, the Pandora's box of possibilities when it comes to remote working and really doing what you think you should be doing. So there was a really a personal motivation there to be able to do something from from paradise, from Costa Rica, where we are living now with with my wife. At the time, I was uh, working in the Netherlands uh, for FedEx, and it, it kind of I kind of hit a ceiling in terms of uh, you know responsibilities and, and focus areas. Uh, and just the, the excitement I got out of work. So I really was looking for something else. The other part to that is that, and I was the same as you when I, when I, you know, when I was told about breathwork, I mean, my wife introduced me to it. She was like, let's do some breathwork together. I was like, yeah, no, thanks. That's, that's, I'm good. But when I combined like the possibility of, of, you know, working for pause with doing breathworks, it literally took me three minutes three minutes of doing one breathwork exercise and it just, which is, it's, it's hard to explain, but really something physically changed in the way I looked at it. And that kind of aha, or I guess I had my own divine intervention of sorts that kind of led me to think, okay, this is, this is something different. This is something bigger that I absolutely need to do something with in order to 
help other people as well. What is the best way for me to do so? Well, that was the role of, uh, you know, director of business operations um, at, at Pause, And um, so that led me to go through the hiring process because Sam at the time was, was really looking for uh, a right-hand man or a right-hand person to be able to support her with all the things that she was running up against when it comes to running a business as, you know, as a founder, as a, a visionary, um, and really looking for that operational support uh, in, in all the things, really. I love it. I'm actually going to make sure that we link to the pause app in our uh, show notes as well, because my experience with therapeutic breath work, and then I've done like box breathing and Wim Hof stuff, but the therapeutic breath work is the one where I've been in tears. I've had the entire body kind of tingling. I've had almost out of body experiences. At one point, I felt like I was a little bit on a, a almost like a ketamine trip where I, I almost felt like I was falling a little bit back through space. It was just a really profound, profound experience. Uh, my wife, the first time she did it, called me up and she was almost sweating and crying, but laughing at the same time. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And she literally had like tears streaming down her face of pure bliss and pure happiness. But she's like, I just did an hour and 15 minute breathwork session and it blew my mind. And I didn't know what it was. I, I, I'm like, Holy sh- It was almost like a when Harry met Sally, like I want what she's having kind of a moment. It was pretty cool stuff. People ask you, what are you on? But uh, even though I'm Dutch, I'm, I'm not that much into drugs at all. Um, <laughs> no, but this is I, I had similar experience with this. And I don't remember exactly who it was that said that it's a guy that Paul, I, don't, I don't remember the name. He tried out probably every drugs on the planet. Right. And he said the the closest thing to getting to a. Uh, and like an altered state experience or an elevated state experience that did not have to do with any physical substance was through breathwork. Was it Jack? Jack Pollard? Yeah, no, um, Dr. Jack, and I'm gonna, I can't remember freaking last name. Yeah, something. Yeah, Yeah, probably. and, And just knowing that, that you can do so much with your own, with the force of your own body and just your breath is something truly amazing. And, you know, I wish more people knew about it. So, you know, and, and more people will get to experience it because it's, it's, it truly, especially in the pandemic, I mean, it brings people back to their bodies and, and not being stuck in, in, you know, the rat race to routine, the, the mindset. So what were the big, I mean, it has to have been massive changes for you in going from a big corporate environment like a FedEx and going into a, an entrepreneurial organization like Pause. And how many employees do you have? How many kind of freelancers roughly in the network to give people a scope of the size that you went to and the size that you're running? So I, my last corporate job was at FedEx where we had over half a million people worldwide. Um, my scope there was really focused on IT management. So I had a, had a team, uh, multiple teams, actually, I was running 25 people and then, you know, bigger budgets. The change to pause was big in a sense that you know, at, at a large corporate, you're part of a, a subset of of people, responsibilities. You have a very specific focus around a product. It's part of a bigger strategy. And then you, as a result of that, there's a lot of red tape. There's uh, just a lot of things that you have to go through before, you know, you can steer the ship into a different direction. Even though we would consider our teams kind of you know, our, the speedboats at the time. But okay, uh, I'll, I'll leave that there. Changing from that, like speed mentality culture which by the way the culture was great there but changing to a borderline startup going into scale up 
was definitely a breath of fresh air, no pun intended. It was the thing is you instead of being responsible for a small thing, a small piece of the pie, all of a sudden you're responsible for literally everything. The pie. Yeah. And the and that's, that's yeah. And that's both amazing, uh, uh, intriguing, inspiring, and super challenging, right? So we, at the time we ran a team of, I think it was like 30, 30 people. This was two and a half years ago, 30 people. Right now we are actually doing a lot better and we have less people on the team. So uh, we mostly work with like contractors. So because of the remote uh, situation that we're in, uh, we have around 24 people on our list right now that do various, uh, various uh, jobs for us. We have four people on the leadership team and as such, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm basically being the second in command responsible for the, the, the areas of operations, obviously, like the projects that are, um, that are company wide finance, legal, HR, admin, IT and technology, which includes our app. And that kind of spans the, the, the range of, of, you know, my responsibilities within pause right now. And. It's interesting because it's going, coming from a corporate, and people call it cushy. It's not always cushy, but it's a cushy job into being responsible for all the things and sometimes not having the right people or uh, even skills to be able to do those things. So it's a massive uh, change. And even though I think with over the years, I've kind of accumulated, I would say quite some knowledge in, in different areas, be it, you know, IT, be it product design, be it marketing, be it. Sales, not that much, but uh, things like finance, HR, management, et cetera. But when you're in an environment like this, like you really have to f- try and find your way and, and go through the weeds to find the, the, the big things to focus on. And especially at the beginning, that was very challenging because I had very little time to kind of ramp up because things were already going at hyperspeed. That's in a, in a nutshell, my transition from corporate to, uh, to startup slash scale up. Was Sam worried at all about bringing somebody in who was coming from such a corporate environment? Like, what did she see in you, do you think, that allowed her to feel comfortable that you weren't going to be too corporate coming into this role? I think a part was, uh, so the the main reason why I think Sam had chosen me, even though I came with a corporate background, is because of a, the diversity of my background, not just in corporate, but also in, you know, having started my own company after I um, graduated from university. And my, you know, diverse background as well. Yeah, just a number of the the areas that I was a, interested in, but also passionate about. I think that's that's a big thing, and that was a, a thing that I missed in a lot of the the corporate environments was really that fire, that passion to be able to get shit done. You know, and and that sometimes that was for me the missing link, uh, and I think that was one of the parts that she especially liked because she is very fiery, very visionary. Like, you know, everything has to happen yesterday, preferably. And in that sense, I can, I can lift off of that, but I also know that at at times I need to, you know, push the brakes and, and say, okay, look, is this actually the most important thing that we need to focus on right now? So having that balance, um, kind of that mediation power or skill, I think was one of the main reasons why she why she went on board and why we have been you know operating for the last two and a half years, and so far I think we're still doing a good job. 
I'm curious on the on the pushing the brakes. It's one of the things I spoke about in my book, The Second in Command, that just came out. Um, was sometimes the COO is the brakes to the entrepreneur's gas. One of our other clients said that the COO is the leash to her dragon. So I'm I'm curious, how do you get someone like Sam, who is a perpetual motion machine, super high energy, very positive? Like we're going a thousand miles. How do you say no to them and how, or not now? Like what specifically do you do to say that so that we don't get them frustrated so that we don't get them feeling like we're debating them. And so that sometimes we can save them from themselves. Yeah, this is a great question. How, how do you give pushback on things, you know, might not necessarily be the top priority in the company. There is a whole sequence of steps there. The the first thing is to just acknowledge the idea and acknowledge the passion. I think that's the the one thing that visionaries, uh, I'm generalizing here, but visionaries visionaries are are looking for is that validation of, hey, this seems like a great idea. And then the only question becomes, okay, is this like the most important thing right now? Like how much, how how good of an idea is this if we think through, you know, the, the steps to get it done? the results that might come from it and th- the balance here is and this is a this is an ongoing process like there is no one way to say this but acknowledgement first that's definitely uh, a, a win for anybody after it's going into okay asking asking more questions basically to for for them to be able to translate the idea which might be very clear in their in in you know in, in their head in Sam's head to something that becomes more concrete and as you ask questions, uh, it's not that the motivation goes down, but the idea becomes clear and then the opportunity also becomes clear. So that's one of the ways that we try to, first of all, assess ideas. And then once we have a good enough assessment of what, what it is that needs to be done, and we can say, okay, we're going to do this now or we're going to park it and uh, you know, move it in, in, in the time frame that is most likely to give us the, the, the highest reward. You line up with this exactly how I do as well. I know that I, I talked about this at one of our CEO Alliance events sometime in the last year that I think you articulated this part better. Every entrepreneur and, and even most people, but for sure, entrepreneurs are starving for praise, right? They just want someone to say, I love that idea, right? And to say that at the starting point, I love that idea. And then what I always say is, let me ask you a few questions so I understand it even more because I know you've been thinking about it for a while. Because as you said, it's clear in her mind, but when when an entrepreneur tells anyone their idea, it's kind of like explaining your dream. <laughs> you ever try to tell somebody what your dream was? At some point, you're like, oh, fuck it. Like, I can't, I can't explain it. It's too much. There was too much in my head, right? Well, that's what they're trying to do with their project. So it, by saying, as you put it, I love that idea. Let me ask you a few questions. That allows, gives them a safe space to share a little bit more where we're not debating them. And then, as you put it, then we can say, hey, maybe it's a not now, right? Versus a no. So I think that that's a really, really good approach. Do you ever do that in front of the others on the leadership team? Or do you try to do that privately with Sam? Because there's a bit of a balance there as well with kind of protecting them, but also being able to say no to them. What are your thoughts around that? That is a very good question. Would I like openly say no to things? I think I would ask questions first regardless of uh of the topic i'm stamped the devil's advocate i will always ask any questions even if it's just clarifying questions i i once had an experience where 
you know, you had, and this was corporate, but you had a room full of people and there, you know, and you know, at some point, everybody had the same question. And when they said, are there any questions? Nobody raised their freaking hands. (laughs) I was always the one that said, hey, what about this? Because I think half the room here is curious about what the hell is going on. So asking questions in the, let's say, within the leadership team is the best way for us all to get on the same page. What I, what I do, and I have a very recent example of this, when it becomes something that is very dear uh, to the visionary Sam in this case, I try to do it separately so that we first align as kind of a, a pair, like CEO and kind of the COO, second in command. We align as a pair before we say, hey, look, uh, this is probably the best you know route to go. Because the last thing you want is just to create rumble within the leadership team. Even though I have to say like, between mutual respect and um, you know openness, we are probably at a ten out of ten when it comes to just being able to discuss everything and ever, and anything within the leadership team, right? But the the first reaction is never no, we can't do that. Not for me, not not from others either, because there might be you know other topics around marketing or delivery. It's like okay, let's let's explore, let's let's see what this means uh let's see what what the the cost the energetic cost the time is that for us to do this and and what are the the details what are you looking for like, most of the times what i find is um that it a visionary might come with a solution rather than a problem and i think discussing and trying to under un, try to understand what the real problem is that is needs to be solved is probably most more importantly than just implementing whatever comes out of the, the the thought process of the visionary self, right? So uncovering that so that you get a better solution for the whole company is is I think the most important thing. And doing that, you know, doing that as a group is even more powerful because then you can align and and share the the pool of of thought and the pool of meaning. I think there's a book around that. The, the pool of meaning with the leadership team before you know, expanding or rolling anything out to the rest of the company. Yeah, I agree with your whole assessment of all of that as well. And I do like where you even said the um, the tie-in between making sure that the CEO and CEO are on the same page before we go to that next stage. Something I think you guys are doing really well is it, it feels like you've done a really good job at not making this the Samantha Skelly show. Like this is very much a brand, pauses the brand, you know, the, the events and products and stuff are branded. I mean, she's still there as a thought leader, but has that been something cognizant that you or she had been able to move away and, and you've made the brand pause and, and less of her as the thought leader or? Herman, are you reading my mind? Why? <laughs> no, I, yes, this is, this is something that uh, we started basically two years ago and we re, our, our aim was really to make pause the, the brand and at the forefront. The idea for Sam is, in an ideal world is for her to be able to have the company run on its own, right? At the same time, I mean, her personality, her energy, her connections, her uh, just her passion for this work still means that she is uh, very much a driver of the business. Um, so while on the, let's say the storefront says pause breathwork, it's uh, in the background, it's, it's still, up to a certain extent, very much the the Sam, you know, the Sam Skelly show, which is good because of what it brings us. At the same time, we're very cognizant that there that there are areas where we can that we get to leverage to get 10x out of that, and others that we need to let go of and uh, 
basically find a way for the, the company to continue on its own without Sam being in those areas, you know, working in those areas of the business. So this is a, it's a constant, not debate, but a constant tension span that we're looking to solve to really make pause a household brand that will still be there in, you know, 150 years uh, or more. I spoke with her a little bit about that a year ago, and I, I gave her a suggestion of, of having an annual licensing fee for the 1,500 certified pause breathwork people, kind of having them pay an annual fee to keep using the license and keep being a certified person. Do you do anything with that at all? Or is it kind of, we've trained you, you're off and going, you know, wish you luck? We So we did uh, try out a, a licensing product. It was not as successful and as operationally smooth as we wanted it to be there were a lot of ins and outs and so we tried actually two different uh, products and we're about to launch something that is way simpler than than before just to make sure people continue to have the the energy richness really that that is part of the containers in the, in the trainings that we offer um basically at a at a licensing fee so uh, the answer to your question is yes, and with mixed success. Uh, I think every iteration we learn and we improve, and and eventually we'll we'll have you know a pool of people that are kind of riding the mission with us uh, in multiple ways. And this is you know having a licensing fee is, is one of them. Yeah, it was interesting to watch you know a brand like. Oh shit! What CrossFit? CrossFit was a you know was it CrossFit? Yeah, I guess CrossFit. It was literally just a brand that they they taught people, they licensed it, and then every CrossFit location is independent, but they have CrossFit in the name, right? It could be like Costa Rica CrossFit or the Nosara CrossFit or your neighborhood CrossFit, like CrossFit's in the name. But they were a, a huge, huge business that didn't have to do anything other than they licensed people and sent them off their way and made sure the brand was always very omnipresent. I think there's that that certified breathwork, you know, the pause certified breathwork person is going to be a powerful part of your future. Where are you taking the pause brand? Where, what's the vision, vivid vision of where you're taking things? So maybe just to tap into the, the previous question is that we are indeed starting up with, uh, we call pause and breathe events, which are literally our uh, alumni and uh, facilitators doing their own small events uh, across you know, different places and spaces across the nation, really, it's US and Canada, mostly. Uh, so that is that is a part of one of the good things that we, we we're currently trying out. And that's, I think, where there's also a lot of uh, potential in, you know, where we're going. When it comes to the rest of the brand, what we, so our Vivid Vision, and you've, you've read the Vivid Vision document, which I think is, is great. And I don't know, maybe we can actually put it in the in the the notes as well for people to to understand what it is that we're really wanting to do. We will. Yeah, I'll link to your vivid vision for sure. Awesome. So our, our idea is to grow the business through growing the impact, right? So we really want to impact and we actually monitor that. So we we imp- want to impact one million people by 2030 through the power of breathwork, which is literally our mission, right? Um by the end of 2024, though, which is kind of the scope of our current vivid vision, is that we want to double again uh, next year, basically growing the company to um, to to higher heights, uh, higher levels, and having you know a thousand alumni come through during that last year of 2024. So a thousand uh, throughout the whole year. At the same time, uh, we we realize that there is uh, quite a lot of potential for 
breathwork in general to to come to the to you know the different stages um, and maybe even inside organizations like companies. So one of the ways that we're trying to leverage, yeah, one of the ways that we're trying to leverage that is through making our app more accessible to larger crowds. So we're developing Android uh, as well for our app. And, and with that, we, I think we'll be able to also provide a very easy way in for larger groups of people or companies to be able to just do certain breathwork exercises throughout the day with their employees, with their teams. And funny story, we actually do this ourselves as well. So within the company, we start every meeting with one to three minutes of breathwork, literally to get everybody on the same page, any stress, anxiety, or weird thoughts out, focus back so that everybody can really start with kind of a uh, a neutral state, body and mind, and then be their best during the meeting. So that is something that, yeah, that really works well for us. And obviously, you you kind of have to if you you're in the health and wellness space, and your company is called Pulse Breathwork, right? Yeah, but I've seen I've seen companies that aren't even in the breathwork space or health space um, do do something like this or very similar. One of our former clients in the CO Alliance runs a company called Dry Farm Wines. And they do a 15-minute morning meditation or breath work every single day with all of their in-person and remote employees. It's the way they start every single morning. And they sell wine. You know, I mean, albeit it's it's organic and you know, toxin-free and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I think I think it's becoming more of a not even a trend. I think companies are realizing if we care more about the employees and we care about their health and we care care about their healthy mind and the healthy mind and a healthy body they'll care more about the company, right? So instead of just starting the meeting with what's our goals, let's start with centering ourselves and and releasing some of the negative energy and showing up in a better way. Our employees go, wow, you care about me. And then they work harder that day and they work harder in the meeting. So I think you're doing it. I think you're on the forefront of it. And absolutely. I mean, they feel better. They, they, they come up with better ideas. They do work faster. They're more focused. And they feel great at you know great at the end of the day as well, uh, which means they might stick around as well uh, for you know supporting the mission. So it's it's a win win win. I like that. I talked to um, Chip Wilson, who I'm friends with, the founder of Lululemon, um, who's also here in Vancouver, and we were talking at a lunch one day, and he said that he practices doing breath work at the stoplight at a red light. Anytime he's driving his car and he hits a red light, literally, like if he hits seven of them, he'll do a 20 second breath work, a 35 second breath work. And all he does is this box breathing at the lights. I'm like, that's amazing. He goes, well, I'm sitting there anyway. I'm either going to sit there and get pissed off that I'm sitting or I'll use that time as a forced check in. I'm like, that's amazing. Like, what a great idea to if you're walking and you hit a don't walk sign, do 15 seconds of, you know, box breathing. Absolutely. Even if you're just walking, I mean, walking your dog or just walking around the neighborhood. Totally. I, I did a, a hike when I was in, shoot, somewhere in, in Colorado and I had no strips on and I put on the breathing strips over my mouth. So I couldn't open my mouth for an hour. And then I only did nose breathing for the entire hour hike. And it was crazy to try to do that. Remind me, is Colorado a very dry state? It's a very dry state. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it was tough, but it was interesting to show myself that I could actually do a one hour hike 
without being, and I've always been a mouth breather, but I'm trying to flip that to doing a nose one. So, all right, enough about breath work. You guys are a remote company. You're fully remote, but you also said something else that's intrigued me that you're focusing mostly on Canada and USA as your clients. Is breathwork not a global thing yet, or is it just that you've got such a big target market in North America that you're staying focused on that for now? What are your thoughts around that? Our target market really is uh, the U.S. and Canada. Uh, we focus right now mainly on female coaches, just because of the you know the uh, the buying power and the the geolocation of where people are when the programs are actually being delivered. It makes the most sense now. That's to say that we we also have uh, clients from the UK, from Germany, from South Africa, from Australia, New Zealand. So they like people are coming, but our main focus is really yeah on the US and Canada just because of um, of the the G, of the location and of the the awareness and, and the industry that is already there. And you you mentioned that you're a fully remote company. I know that Sam's based in I think she's still in San Diego, or she moved to Austin too. No, she's in San Diego still. She had, and then you're based in Costa Rica. And then you said most of your employees are fully remote as well. Any secrets that you're learning on running a fully remote team? Anything that works really well for you to um, keep people focused, productive, connected? There, there are a number of things, and and some that we had to learn uh, the hard way, I guess. But one thing that we really that is really helpful is to have the entire team just come together on a daily basis depending on which team it is, right? There are smaller teams, smaller sub teams, but to come together on a daily basis and really do a daily huddle. And that can be in the format of, you know, announcements and challenges, or if you're more like operational, then you say, okay, what did I do yesterday? What am I focused on today? And am I blocked anywhere? That's more like a, an agile development approach. Just having that daily touch point is extremely helpful because it gets everybody on the same page every single day. Outside of that, I mean, we we connect every month with the entire team, um, with, with everybody in the company, actually, uh, to do a pause and connect. And there, the idea is to really n- not necessarily talk about work, but really share with each other what's, you know, what, what everybody's appreciated for. So that creates a, a very, I would say, a very strong connection. And then what we've started doing recently as well is uh, we're going back into like uh, live events. So we had an event last week in uh, well, close to San Diego at the Oaks Retreat Center, which is beautiful, by the way, where, you know, 50 students and a large part of the team came together to do a more advanced training in person. Those types of activities really help uh, for the team to to connect and to bond. So we try to do those uh, more in the the work context as well. We're toying with the idea of doing kind of a, a... all company uh, retreat. I think we, we tied it to our, our business goals as well. So there's double incentive for everybody to get together and maybe go to Hawaii at the end of the year. And in terms of us as a leadership team, we try to meet in person every quarter just to really connect on every level. And that's literally on every level. You know, um, we'll obviously talk about business, but also, you know, enjoy time off, do a crazy activity and just just bond. I love that. I love that you're also using the daily huddles and I love that you're branding some of your things like calling it a pause and connect. Those are all kind of a little bit culty, which is exactly where company culture and growth really comes from. Um, All right. I want you to go back to the 21, 22 year old Johan and give him some advice. 
What advice would you wish you'd known back then that you know to be true today? All right. Um, this is always the best question. <laughs> the advice, and it and it's it tears me apart because I wish I could go back. But anyway, the advice I would I would give my 22-year-old self would really be to seek the advice and, and the help of others more. Uh, ask questions to people that, you know, are coaches, mentors, specialists, uh, topical experts, even talking to like customers or just passionate individuals. Like I said, especially in areas where I, I lack information because that will give you a lot of perspective on just the things that you, you, you don't know or you don't see yet. And that will really tremendously increase, you know, potential success and, and simplify the road to success. And I think this is also where the CO Alliance comes to me as a huge value because it's like a, not a forced connection, but it's like a, a pool of knowledge that you get and get to tap into and share with others as well. So that kind of answers that, that need from back from way back when. Yeah, I feel your pain, by the way. Every time I'm asked that kind of question of what would you want to tell your younger self, I really wish I could go back and tell me that, you know, but I guess we're also young enough that we can tell ourselves that now and, you know, benefit from that in the future. So super glad you're a member of the CO Alliance. Super glad you're helping my friend Samantha Skelly with her pause breath work and really building this out to be such a strong global brand. She's an amazing human. I know she's getting married soon. And so you're going to have a little bit more uh, to run in the business as she decides to hopefully spend some time on a honeymoon too. So say hi to Sam for me. We'll see you at our next events. And thanks so much for sharing with us on the Second Command podcast. I will. Thank you so much, Cameron. Have a great rest of your day. Appreciate it. You as well. You've been listening to Second in Command, brought to you by COO Alliance founder, Cameron Harold. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like, share, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and our other podcast streaming platforms. For more best practices from industry-leading COOs, visit COOalliance.com.